Thank you for listening to Cast Iron Shorts. I'm Michelle Donkin. This is our short story podcast, and earlier this evening, this story didn't exist. The way it works is that we do a call-out across our social media network for words, and we use those to make a story. The words you've given us today were possible, baggage, scruff, iridescent, magnanimous, thoughts, deception, and cerulean. This story is called Baker Street. It was another dull day. Not one customer had been inside. From behind the dusty counter, James watched the woman pacing up and down the street outside, muttering to herself. James sighed. Typical, he thought to himself. I always get the weird ones. Often, people didn't think that they could be seen. It was a trick of the glass. They could. James had spent many a day stood behind the counter at the lost property office at Bakerloo Station, watching the famous Baker Street pass him by. People would gaze through the main window at the array of strange items, lost and never recovered. The shockingly lifelike hairdressing mannequin, the brick-sized mobile phones from the 1980s, the umbrellas and the baggage, and so, so many cuddly toys. The window James looked out of was a little way along. People mistook it for a mirror but it was a good place to see without being seen. He would watch the tourists, the hawkers, the commuters, the homeless, the strange and the creepy. They were all London to him. He could watch them pass by his window all day. It wasn't a busy place. Often he did watch them pass by his window all day. Today... James was watching the woman on the far side of the road, pacing. She didn't look entirely like a homeless person, though she didn't look rich either. Her hair was red and billowing in clouds around her face. Her clothes were more like a series of cloaks and cloths, draped around her skinny frame. She was old and a bit of a scruff, though she carried herself with a spry air frantically walking to and fro, seemingly arguing with herself about something or other. James sighed as the woman seemed to come to a decision, checked the traffic and strode across the road suddenly, aiming for the door of the lost property office. Not again. You! She addressed James as soon as the door opened. Her voice was all hockey sticks and let's be having you and at odds with the vaguely disappointed air and defeated expression on her face. Hello again, James tried to paste on a smile. Twice in one week. What have you lost this time? The woman narrowed her eyes at him, and it took all of James's strength not to look down, scolded. He gripped his fingers against the counter and reminded himself that he was in charge here as she took a step closer to him, raising her finger in an accusing point. 
You know very well that I was looking for a beautiful canary yellow case. She snarled at him. He nodded tightly. Of course, was all he could mutter. It was odd that somewhere like the lost property office would have repeat customers, but there it was. This woman was one of them. She would come every now and again and try her hand at some deception that was badly thought out and random. Over the years, she had asked James to look for a purple-headed dragon teddy with a missing left foot, a newt with a lazy eye in a glass tank, a tube of superglue, a fishing rod with a broken winder, the list went on and on, a silver birdcage with a gold-framed mirror inside, a broomstick with a velvet green ribbon attached to the end, and even a lock of golden hair twined around inside a Victorian thimble. James imagined that she was playing some sort of lonely person's game pretending to have lost some item or another so that she would speak to somebody that day. I'm looking for a stone, the woman said, jabbing her finger in the general direction of James's face. Any sort of stone? James asked as flatly as he could. He could see the next hour stretching out ahead of him as he wandered around the back of the office searching for a pebble. It's cerulean, the woman hissed. You know what that means. Blue, James replied, enjoying the eyebrow raise of surprise on the woman's face. Yes, she conceded. It's about the size of your palm and a deep cerulean. It looks precious, but it's not. Don't get any ideas. Of course, James smiled. And when do you think you lost it? About 200 years ago, I imagine. The woman shrugged. James frowned at this. You mean, it feels like a long time ago that you lost it? If you like. The woman shrugged again. Out the back, James walked up and down the rows of lost items. He took his time, knowing that if he went back too early, she would claim he hadn't looked hard enough and he would have to go again. He let his eyes travel lazily over the stacks and rows, not really looking, but not not really looking. Umbrellas, suitcases, boxes, maps, posters, shopping bags, jewellery and then a blue glow. Right at the end of a row of feather dusters, in a place he knew very well would be empty, there was a blue crystal-like stone just sitting there, being beautiful and cerulean. James picked it up and moved it from palm to palm. It was cut like a diamond, all edges and lines, making the stone iridescent and dazzlingly beautiful. Not possible, he muttered. He knew that row of dusters. It was one of the most pointless row of belongings in the place. He would think about it every time he walked past. A row of dusters gathering dust. He knew that there was no cerulean stone sitting bold as brass at the end of that particular row. Dazed, James found himself back at the counter and in front of the woman, who was pacing backwards and forwards, muttering to herself. Seeing him arrive, she stopped pacing and folded her arms tightly in front of her. Well? she asked expectantly. James swallowed hard, finding that he was unable to speak. Astonishment had dried his throat. Instead, he held out the crystal to her and she grinned, snatching it from him quickly. Good, she said, turning on her heel and making to leave. 
Wait, James managed, remembering himself suddenly. You, you have to sign for it. The woman stopped and turned, giving him the most magnanimous of smiles. My boy, there's nothing to sign for. And with a wave of her hand, the stone in her palm vanished entirely. James opened his mouth to speak, but between one blink and another, the woman had vanished too. James's brain couldn't comprehend. Yet it all felt somehow familiar. Leaning on the counter, James rested his elbows on the surface and his mind cleared. He thought about the woman, how, whenever she arrived and claimed that something was lost, he never could find it for her. Smiling, he reminded himself that this was just some lonely person's game, that all she came in for was the company and that was the important thing.